You've tuned into the Dr. Lowe Show with naturopathic doctor, Dr. Lauren Noel, where you hear the best in natural medicine, nutrition, and mindset from the world's top doctors, authors, influencers, and Dr. Lowe herself. Trying just to pop a pill for a symptom? You've got the wrong exit. Seeking doable ways to live a happier, healthier life and have fun doing it? Welcome to the Dr. Lowe Show. Hello, hello, my loves. Welcome back to another episode of Dr. Low Radio. I am your host, Dr. Lauren Noel, and it has been a while since I posted a show. I am a new mama, and we finally have the birth story on this episode. And before we jump into the show, I want to give some love to our show sponsor, Organifi. If you've been a podcast fan, you already know this. I absolutely love the company Organifi. They have a bunch of different products that I, I'm obsessed with, and especially their greens drink. If you haven't tried it, you are missing out. It's the best green drink I have ever had on the market, and I've had a lot of them. Trust me, going into naturopathic school, we had every single thing under the sun, and you really learn to appreciate the taste of plants, but it's always nice when something actually is palatable, and Organifi Green Drink is that. So if you don't already have a green drink every single day, I highly recommend that you add this into your routine. All you do is you add the powder to water, shake it up, and drink it or just stir it up and drink it. It is freeze-dried. It has a bunch of superfoods in it, including Moringa, which is an incredible antioxidant plant. It's anti-aging. It also has chlorella, spirulina. It is sweetened with a little bit of stevia and some monk fruit, and it's not too sweet. It's just right. So if you haven't tried it, I highly recommend you to check it out over at Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And at checkout, enter Dr. Lowe, D-R-L-O, and you'll get 20% off your order. Without further ado, let's jump into the show. Enjoy. I wish you could have seen the behind the scenes prior to us pressing record. It was probably a comedy act. This is the second time Kevin and I have recorded this um, because I'm a perfectionist, but I really wanted it to come through just the magnitude of this event that we got to experience together. This is the birth story of our son, Zion, and he is now three and a half months. (laughs) So that just goes to show that we've been quite busy and a lot of things have occurred between his birth and now, hence the putting off of the podcast for quite a while. But joining me is my guest, Kevin and Kevin is my man and the father of Zion and excited to have you. Welcome to the show, babe. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everyone. Hope everyone's having a great day, evening, whatever time today it is, wherever you are. Hope you are enjoying yourself. Let's do this. Let's do it. Now, Kevin hasn't been on the show before, but if any of you have followed me on social media, on my Instagram at Dr. Lowe, it's D-O-C-T-O-R underscore L-O. You probably have seen some of the stories with Kevin and followed us a bit on our new journey of being parents. Kevin is not in the health industry at all. He's in the world of acting and insurance by day, and he's a hustler, and he's my my man. We've been together for about three and a half years now. It's been a wild ride. <laughs> lots of ups, lots of downs. It's just been like the most insane roller coaster. We'll definitely agree with you on that. <laughs> in fact, even getting pregnant, that was just a whole big surprise. And it was, uh, th- I-, I need to stay on task. He's going to help me stay on task. Because <laughs> that was the one thing about the birth story before I went off on tangent. So right. We have notes this time. So <laughs> we have notes, notes to follow. <laughs> so first thing is we're going to go into disclaimers before we get into the show. First disclaimer is this is our experience. This is our unique journey that we went through. Please, if you are pregnant, if you're a soon-to-be parent, just keep that filter in mind that this is our experience and you get to have your own experience. Yeah, absolutely. Birth is not for the faint at heart. So whatever preconceived feelings you have, or just just know that everyone's situation is different. Yes. you know, we kind of went back and forth on how to really present this. I'm a very raw, authentic, just epic person, so I have a hard time. Just call yourself epic. I am definitely epic <laughs> to the fullest, um, but at the same time, you know, I, I don't want to shortchange the audience from 
the authenticity of the way things happen. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's pregnancy. There's nothing. So Kevin's raw and real, and I'm I'm yeah. the Care Bear of our, of the duo, and so he likes to just get to the facts, and this is what happened, yeah. and this is the gore, and yeah. me, I'm like, well, look, babe, there's women listening, so we need to be sensitive to whatever. emotions. Women, <laughs> you take the classes, they show you all kind of graphic stuff. When you're in sixth grade or fifth grade in America, they go through sex ed, and they show you all kind of crazy videos of how this stuff works. There was no, you know, it just is what it is. Yeah. So that's why I say this is not for the faint of heart. Uh, if you are very sensitive to hearing other people's stories because you're a little worried about how your uh, pregnancy may go, totally understandable. Just turn it off. Simply put, this is R-rated. <laughs> this is R-rated if you're pregnant. Yeah, it's definitely Cause, R-rated. Because I remember back when I was pregnant, I didn't want to hear people's birth stories, and I only wanted to hear really positive ones. And ours is positive, but it, there was a lot to it. So tune it out if uh, if you're sensitive to hearing other people's stuff. I know I was when people would say, oh, you're pregnant. Oh, let me tell you about all my birth issues. Let me tell you the worst. Let me tell you how it went for <laughs> me. And it's like, okay. I didn't need to hear that in that moment. After a while, I just kind of became very cutthroat with it. It's like I, when they would start to go into a story, I'd say, is it positive? If it's not, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> so yeah. So tune it out if you are pregnant and don't want to hear details. Um, prior to jumping into the details of the actual birth story, I want to give you some of the kind of pre-birth experience. So Kevin and I did a lot of prep prior to having Zion. So neither one of us had had a lot of experience with babies. In fact, we took a baby class and we both had to learn how to change a diaper because we really didn't know. <laughs> so, so we did a lot of prep and we also took a hypnobirthing class, which was great. Now, it wasn't exactly the way that the hypnobirthing videos show. <laughs> right. But having that kind of uh, that knowledge base was really helpful. And even just getting into the mindset of that my body is capable, I'm able to do this it was a really good prep for us. So that was something we did prior to the birth. Also, we had originally started using an, a conventional OBGYN um, named Dr. Cap or Capitanakis here in Encinitas. If you are local, you'd probably know of him. Amazing guy, by the way. Wonderful folks. guy. Amazing. Well, he's saying that because he's into cars. Just no, like even if he wasn't. <laughs> he is a car guy. This guy, GYN with the monster truck sitting outside. Yeah. We're talking big wheels, <laughs> huge wheels. I mean, it's, this guy's raw with it. So, but, but outside of the car stuff, I mean, he's definitely an outstanding doctor. Yes. Knows his stuff. Uh, Great really, bedside yeah, manner. Yeah, really cares for his patients. Really, uh... He, 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 I feel like he's a psychologist at the, he studies psychology or something. He, it's, it's very important yeah, to know your client and how sure. to uh, speak to them and how to work with them. Everyone's different. Some people need to have kid gloves. Some people just need to be let out there in the wild to do their own thing. So he's able really, he's really good at deciphering what is the best approach to take for a person. Yeah. I, I, I really appreciate that. Yeah. Every woman who's, who's worked with him, they all say, oh, he's so amazing. He's, you know, he was my, he was our champion in the hospital. So not to get to the, the ending of the birth. Cause oh, we, I was champion. Oh, uh, Kevin was me. You're my champion. No, too late. Too late. <laughs> yeah. And it was pretty funny because during the visits, basically Kevin and Dr. Cap would just talk about cars. I'm like, hi, I'm the pregnant person here. Can we talk about this? The car is the baby too. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, as we were in the experience of working with Dr. Cap, we were taking this hypnobirthing class. And then at that time, we started to think, well, maybe we'll do a home birth. So we shifted gears and decided to do a home birth. And what was cool is Kevin was totally on board. Yeah. You know, I will say I'm not real big on going to classes. I'm just kind of the type of person that likes to get out there and let the process be your guide and your teacher. Um, it's good to have cliff notes and people telling you stuff, whatever mentors, I get that. But with this a little bit different, but I will say the biggest takeaway for me with hypnobirthing was just how empowering it was and just understanding the difference between births here in America versus births in Europe versus births in China and Africa and different countries, mostly obviously in the East, but we have a lot of things westernized here with hospitals. And when it really comes down to it, it seems to be unless there's some sort of complication that you already know of with the technology today, it's really safe to have uh, a, a child mm -hmm. in your home. In fact, it's actually better. Uh, yeah. That's what we've... Uh, come to realize it's safer yeah. it's safer to have a home birth if it's an uncomplicated pregnancy yes, for sure than the for hospital sure. actually because yeah. of unnecessary interventions 
and some of the risks that can happen in yeah. the hospital. And you got to think, a midwife, I mean, they're, they, if they're doing it at the house, they would need even more training than your traditional uh, right. GYN in the hospital where they've got all the materials and everything to back them. So, I mean, these people, midwives, they can do it in a car. They yeah. can do it anywhere. So they yeah. definitely have... And plus, they're more trained in taking care of the actual newborn right. than, a, than a doctor is Absolutely. in the hospital. Absolutely. So cause they have pediatricians at the hospital. But a midwife is like a jack of all trades. They know how to do all of that. So, yeah. So we shifted gears and decided to go through the, you know, the route of a midwife. We worked with uh, Paula Tipton-Healy here in North County, San Diego. Amazing lady, by Amazing. The way. She's done over 2,000 births, and she has 40 years of experience, yeah. which is like... OG status for a midwife. I mean, she's trained midwives. So, and she's fly. You never, she's the best dressed midwife you'll ever see. She has swagger. She has swagger. You would not think she's popping out babies like that. She's a little fashionista. Yeah, definitely. definitely. So, it was fun working with her, and she has a whole team with her practice. And so, we went that route. Unfortunately, we weren't able to actually do a home birth because I like to say I timed out. <laughs> I went past 42 weeks with the pregnancy. So here in California, you can you can have a, a home birth up to 42 weeks. And once you hit that, legally, a midwife cannot deliver your baby anymore. So that was a law that passed a few years ago. And I did all the things, all the natural induction things that I knew of. I did them. And I'm sure there are going to be some ladies listening like, oh, you could have done this thing. I did it. I did all of it. Meditation, acupuncture, chiropractic. I did something called spinning babies. I did castor oil induction. That was not fun. I had nine bouts of diarrhea in the same day. It was great. Fantastic. Um, Homeopathics. I had done herbs. I mean... I did what cotton root, black cohosh, blue cohosh, and I really gave these things a lot of time to kick in. We tried sexing it out too. We, we tried sexing yeah, it out. Didn't, didn't work. Didn't work. Nothing didn't worked. Work. So can't even take a personal. It just right. No, nope. just, not coming just out. didn't work. So Zion, he was very comfortable in there, and he wanted to stay as long as he could. And and also too, to be fair, the can't blame him. The, <laughs> 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 the uh, due date. I really believe was off. I think it was at least a week off. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, my midwife, once he actually did come out, she just was convinced the due date was definitely off. But anyhow, so we ended up having to go back to Dr. Cap (laughs) after 42 weeks. And uh, he was just like, oh my God, you guys are so high maintenance. I remember telling him, I'm like, I'm like, so, um, you know, I, I don't want to be one of those high maintenance patients. And he's like, you're already there, girl. Like, he's like, you were there weeks ago, <laughs> but just so real with me. And it was pretty funny. So he took us back. We did have to sign a waiver that I was consenting to have a baby past what he was recommending medically. And I just had a piece about it. I, I knew I had, it was, it was wild because after I passed my due date, I mean, everyone around me was so much more impatient than I was. They were anxious and I was not right. I was cool as a cucumber. Yeah, I was, I was so at peace. I mean, I was sleeping so well, like nine or 10 hours a night. I mean, I just got really lucky at the end of my pregnancy and, and, you know, I finally got to this place where I wasn't working anymore and I just wanted to continue the bliss as long as I could, because I knew as soon as he came, life would never be the same. (laughs) So I was just enjoying it. I was going to, I think I went to like five movies in the same week by myself I was going to just, oh, at, like yeah, I went to, I was like, oh, bye. I'm going to the movies again. And, you know, I'd go and eat at my favorite restaurant. And Kevin was hustling and working at the time. So he wasn't in that mode, but I was just in chill mode as much as I could be. Anyhow, I thought that I was starting to go into labor on my own and it wasn't, it was just Braxton Hicks, maybe some early labor, but at this point it was 42 weeks, right? Uh, 42 and a half weeks, 42 and a half weeks. And we finally went into the hospital to be induced. And there was actually one time where I was supposed to go. And then I talked to Dr. Kaplan, like, can I have a few more days? And he's like, okay, fine. And then finally we went into the hospital. So that brings us to the actual birth story. Good. Cool. All right. We have notes at this point because this is where I got very distracted the last time around. So, all right. We got admitted. It was Monday at about 6 p.m. And that was on May 13th. So the first thing that happened was I had a, um, something called Cervidil that was inserted and it, it's basically uh, something that releases what's called prostaglandins and it's supposed to sort of soften the cervix and also 
help to um, dilate the cervix and to kind of jumpstart natural labor. And and from what I've you know researched and from other women, it can work a significant amount of the it's time. Very effective. Very effective. Just not for me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the thing that really sucked about it is that it got stuck. So I had the cervical in for I don't even know how many hours it was in there. I think it's supposed to be in for. Um, 12 hours. It was in for 12 hours because it was the next morning they had to remove it. It got stuck, which Dr. Cap said had never happened in his entire career. So it was nice being the uh, exception. So it took five nurses and Dr. Cap to remove the, the, uh, the, basically it's like a suppository. Um, And that took an entire hour to do. So that was That was not a pleasant experience, and I knew Kevin had a hard time because he had to witness that very painful experience for removing it. I mean, it was bad, you guys. They had to insert a speculum. Mm -hmm. They had to, like, at one point they put in, which were almost like, it felt like pliers. The speculum opens it up, and then he used triceps. It was like... Or forceps. forceps. (laughs) They weren't actual forceps, but it was like a long, like, tweezers kind of thing, so... He used his tricep with the forceps to to, to pull it out. (laughs) That's what I was trying to say. I could see his tricep muscle just through the the, the, the the scrubs, but very intense. At this point, I was like, look, we can just come back on Friday. Yeah, we were... uh, We almost left. We almost wanted to just ride it out a little longer and just say, look, it's already this far. Let's just give it another day or two. Because right. I was just convinced my body was going to start on its own, but we just decided to stay. And the next thing that Dr. Cap did was Cytotec, which is an oral medication that's similar to the Cervidil. So it's not, it's meant to um, to induce labor, and that they give you a, another dose of it every six hours, and for a total of twenty four hours. I think it's four hours. Oh, every four hours. Yeah, it's every pretty four much hours. A Twenty-four hour period. It's exactly twenty-four hours of taking this dose. Medication. Yeah, six yeah. doses of it. So I think now we're like on Wednesday or something at this point. Like, yeah, it took a while. So now I did feel like with the Cervidil, I felt like I was getting some contractions. So that was promising. But then once they did the side attack, it felt like it totally stopped. Pretty right. much. Right. So now sometimes it works for it works for a lot of women. It just didn't work for me. So. You know, hopefully you listening, if this is something you deal with, it may work miraculously for you. So that was just our experience. The next thing they did was they inserted what's called a Foley bulb, um, which is sort of like a deflated balloon that they then inflate once it's in your cervix. Um, the goal with that is to create down pressure that then helps the, the, the uh, cervix to dilate from the inside. Um, they, it's sort of like a balloon that has like a string and then the string they attach to your inner thigh with some tape. And then like every few hours they pull it down a little bit more and, and reattach the tape. And so the goal is to help open up the cervix. Yeah, it's like a rubber, rubber tube. Pretty cool, uh, technology yeah. actually, but I think it's what opens up to the size of a golf ball. Or it, something yeah. Like it can that. open up up to three or four centimeters because the goal is that it'll just fall out on its own. And then that's confirmation that your cervix is open. That actually didn't happen for me. And I think it ha- it did get to about two and a half or three centimeters for me. Um, but then while that was inserted, they decided to start Pitocin. Um, and then they took out the Foley bulb later once the Pitocin was already started. Um, so they did Pitocin, which is, um, it's basically fake oxytocin, which is a, a hormone in your body that induces labor. Now, remember, oxytocin is the pleasure hormone. It's what has you feel in love. It's if you hug someone, oh, I said that, in love. <laughs> if you hug someone for longer than 20 seconds, you naturally release oxytocin. So the, your body does it on its own to help induce labor, and I just needed some extra help. So they did an IV of that, and it was going for quite a while before things started to kick off. Cool point about the whole cytotoxin. How you say it? Pitocin? No, oxytocin. Oxytocin, yeah. Um, you know, they talked about it in hypnobirthing, how it was a term that they said, what creates baby, how did they say it? Yeah, what gets baby in is what gets baby out. Yeah, what gets baby <laughs> in is what gets baby out. You know, we, we we were just sort of experimenting a little bit in the in the hospital between the nurse visits and... We had a moment where we, you know... We, we did as best as we could to connect in yes, the hospital. But in the moment of And it did create some contractions. It, yeah, because got, she's got the baby monitors all attached to her stomach and everything. And you could hear the heart rate. And yeah. it just starts going nuts the moment <laughs> cute. we start connecting. Connecting. Uh, <laughs> so to speak. But, uh, but it, was just, it was just insane how... Just even a kiss yeah. can really, really affect 
the rate, the speed that things were happening at. And yeah. I think even the nurse came in in the middle of it and was like, hey. This, yeah, they're like, oh, something's happening. We're like, yeah, oh. yeah, 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 get out. Yeah. <laughs> Close the curtain. The curtain was closed for a reason. Yeah. Please. <laughs> But uh, pretty so cool stuff. So if you're trying to induce labor, kiss and yeah, do, do you some, know nipple stimulation, do hugging, free. Some, do some freaky, do some freaky, and it, as as freaky as you can, there's only so much you can do. <laughs> but be, get creative, yeah, and that for sure can I help things. Definitely, definitely yeah. helps. Yeah. So all right, I'm on pitocin, and I was on it for like a good 24 hours before I think things started to really kick off. And so finally, this is now Friday. Keep in mind, we got there Monday. So we've been there for a long time at this point. We're just giving you the, the quick facts. We'll go back and kind of fill things in about what got us through and the mindset of all of this. But I just want to give you like the cliff notes and then we can go back. So Friday about 1 a.m., that's when actual active labor starts. And it hit me like a ton of bricks. It was like, oh, it started. And Kevin was actually on the phone with his best friend. Yeah. And I was like, it's, it's starting. Like, get off the phone. <laughs> right, right. And I think you even, I think you even peed on yourself. Like, I might have peed. Yeah. Something like It was like, <laughs> I mean, I felt bad for her because she's got this, once they start Pitocin, you're stuck to a meter at this point, a, a pole with, with, like, you can't leave the, the monitoring, the monitoring system. If you go to the bathroom, you've got to take a portable one with you. You've got to drag, what is that? pole thing that doctors have, a little pole with the, with the, the IV, IV drips. IV pole, yeah. Yeah, you gotta, so, so it's like going back and forth between the bed and the bathroom every single you time. You feel like a caged animal, especially because we were wanting the whole home birth experience, right. so it was so different than what had we had pictured. Right. So yeah, if I wanted to go to the bathroom, I had to, you know, go in with all these monitors on me, and it was It was just, hilarious, because she's got a diaper on, and she looks at me, and she's like, I have to pee, and I looked at her, I looked over at the bathroom, I looked at the pole, and I'm just like... She's like, should I just do it? I was like, just, 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 just go. Just. And I just started peeing all over the floor. <laughs> Grab a towel. There. And it was like, okay. Because once the contraction started, it's just like all modesty goes out the window. So whatever. Yeah, it is what it is. So yeah. So 1 a.m. I start getting active labor and it was really intense. It was really, really helpful that Kevin had gone to the hypnobirthing class because at this point he was able to really... Um, practice a lot of the techniques that he learned for um, pain relief. And that helped me so much. And what's funny is we actually had a doula hired and I didn't even want her there at that point because Kevin was just so helpful and we were in our, our own little zone together. We were very connected and um, it was beautiful. That was my favorite part of the whole experience was going through all that yeah. with you. Guys, for sure, you know, support your partner as much as you can. Words yeah. of affirmation. Back rubs, lower back rubs, neck rubs, not too much because... Because it gets annoying. You, you know, but you <laughs> just ask her what is the best way. I think everyone, every guy's different. Some guys can't handle blood and can't handle certain things. Well, and there's no blood at this point at, yet. At this we'll point, get there. But, 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 you know, just whatever you can do to support her, even if it's sliding her some ice chips or some watermelon in between nurse visits. Watermelon was epic for me Yeah, do whatever, whatever it takes. Just, yeah. just really... Be there for her. Be be her uh, her source of uh, strength as best as you can. Now, I, I still chose to get an epidural despite all the pain help <laughs> that Kevin was providing. Because I was already there for like, what, three, four, four days, days at yeah. that point? And I think two days prior, I mean, we really hadn't had a decent sleep since about yeah. Tuesday. Uh, it's just, she's got the no, monitors. the whole time we were there, we didn't sleep very well. Right. Well, I didn't at I least. I feel like the first... The first day wasn't as first bad. one or two days was... Yeah, but what happened... But still, you're just, at the hospital. Yeah, it gets uncomfortable. They're, I mean, you're the trying to sleep. The beds are not comfortable. Yeah, they're coming in every 15 minutes. Anytime she shifts and the monitor goes off the... Uh, her stomach or they can't get the reading. They come yeah. in and they want to adjust it. So Cause they wanted to hear the heartbeat of Zion yeah. while he's in there. So, rightfully so. Tons of interruptions at this point. It's 4am. I mean, it's, I, you know, it, 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 there's, she's just so exhausted. So I'm, I'm like, even when, exhausted. I'm like, when can I get the epidural? Yeah. I'm, and, I'm even exhausted at this point and I'm yeah. not even the one that's in labor, but just being there by her side and just, just constantly using strength to push down her shoulders and in different areas and, breathing with her it just you just get tired yeah so <laughs> and the cool thing is once they did the epidural i was able to finally sleep like really sleep for the first time in several days at the hospital i mean i took like a five-hour nap we both napped yeah we both napped for, for several hours i gotta i gotta say real quick i just i the display of strength that lauren showed in the hospital was just incredible i have a whole different respect for women now and you hear this all the time, but... Me too. 
I going through it, being in the trenches with her, and just just being in that room and, and and knowing that she was in a ton of pain with these contractions. I mean, it was the most intense thing that she had ever obviously gone through, myself included. But um, especially while getting the nep- an epidural, I, I mean, first off, not to freak you out, but this is probably the largest needle I've ever seen in my entire life. I mean, this thing is huge. It's different colors. That's how big it is. So the so you know. Having contractions while getting a large needle stuck into your spine, I mean, the, even the doctor has to take a moment while she's contracting and pause while inserting the needle just so she can finish the contraction so we can continue pushing it all the way through. I mean, such a process. I just know I would be the biggest wimp after that. I, I, I wouldn't. I'm amazed. I'm amazed he was able to watch it. Not ha- yeah, I definitely. I was, all, I was all in it. I was like, man, how many times have you done this? <laughs> like he was watching like on a show. Yeah. Yeah. He turns out being a car guy too. Yeah. And he starts so, talking about know, cars yeah. and like seriously gotta right now. Guy. Hey, listen. No, it's cool. You do, you know, you connect whatever you gotta, gotta do. Connect. Gotta connect. <laughs> it makes him do a better job for you. He's like, oh, we're. Right. We're, we're in this together. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. not a stranger anymore. <laughs> totally. You know, yeah. I can really. Okay. So. So yeah, this shout doctor out to my... had like no personality, and as soon as Kevin and him started talking about cars, all yeah, of a sudden he yeah, started this smiling. Guy, total grim reaper, <laughs> right? Just, just his his pants were sagging. I mean, he had like a little hunch and everything, and his little he didn't look like he, he liked his job. He did not. But you talk about some cars, that boy yeah. lights up. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, so yes, I get that epidural. We take a lo- nice long nap, and Zion is in the background. Kevin's gonna go check on him. Um, so at this point, I sleep longer. I'm, you know, switching into different positions just to get more comfortable. And it still wasn't at the point where they told me I could push because you actually have to be at about 10 centimeters to even start pushing. That was something I didn't even know in the first part of my pregnancy. I just didn't know how that all works. And you can't just go into the hospital and start pushing. You have to get to the point where you can push. So finally, it was around Saturday at... 12-ish a.m., about midnight. So it had been about 24 hours of active labor. And then finally... 1220, I think. Yeah, 1220-ish. Finally, they said, okay, you can start pushing. So that was very exciting. But at this point, I have an epidural. So I it wasn't that I could feel pain, but I could feel incredible intense pressure. That was very unexpected. I didn't realize that once you have an epidural, you feel a ton of pressure. What's also funky is when you have an epidural, you can't feel exactly where to push because that part of your pelvis is numb. So that was just very strange. But I remember one of my closest friends had just had a baby and she actually showed me some of the footage and she told me, she's like, you have to push way harder than you think you have to, to get this baby out. So I just kept listening to that and just trying to push with all my might. Yeah. That's, that's the, for the women, you know, the only hate to say advice, but the only thing I could say in my experience watching Lauren is the epidural can be a good thing and a bad thing. It can, it, it definitely, it depends on how, how high they set it too. So they can make, they can actually adjust how much medication goes through so they can make it very strong to where you don't feel anything, well, including to push. And then they can turn it down to where you can feel a little more pain, but then with that, you can push better. It's, it's that, and you, you know, they, they, they said it. I think it was, a, I forgot how many units it was, but it wasn't a whole lot at first, but you also have the option of... Turning it higher. Turning higher, and she was obviously hitting the pain button. Yeah, because I was there for five days at that point. Right. So, so you know, you're exhausted. Right, and which which I get, I get, but just if you're getting ready to go on a labor, just be careful with that, you know, it's because uh, it, it can definitely numb you to the point where... You can't really push, and then it ends up taking a longer process than expected, and it could potentially yeah. go into a cesarean. So, so at this point, I'm pushing for four hours, and that's when the staff—it's like protocol—they have to call the doctor at this point. So they call Doctor Cap, and which, looking back, would have been cool if he was there when I started pushing because the baby probably would have been a lot quicker. Yeah, I was—I was, I was a little surprised. That I was a little he would annoying. Be there the whole time, but yeah, I guess four they... hours of pushing, and then it's like, oh, we're gonna call the doctor. Yeah. So finally, he comes and he was just like. He came in with game face. He came in, and actually, I was I was taking a nap. I think when he it arrived, was sort of, I was you so were out a of break, it, taking and, a little break, and I was so exhausted at this point. And yeah. then he arrived, and he was just—he looked very serious. It was just like, yeah, she. I want to say he was just staring at her for about a good forty seconds, maybe even a minute. It's like he was by. composing himself and just really. It's like his wheels were spinning of what needed to happen yeah, to he, get she she was this baby out. She was completely out of it at this moment 
I'm in the room. He comes in. I look at him. He doesn't even acknowledge me. Um, <laughs> I look back at him again. He's just still fixed, just staring on, at fixed me. on her. Like, what are we doing here? Why are we still here? What do we have to do? He to was get frustrated. Yeah, for sure. He and said, so, what is the Guinness book of, uh, what do yeah, you call it? The, Guinness, uh, the longest pregnancy? Or something, right. <laughs> something in the history of 20 years of him doing this stuff. He had never experienced anything like this. Yeah. But uh, really just. Because at this point I, I hit 43 weeks. So now Zion's yeah. three three weeks late. Right. So Dr. Cap is like, look, you got to push harder. Yeah. He's like, he's like, what are you doing? And, yeah. and so then You're not he, sweating enough. Not sweat. Yeah. He's like, you <laughs> need to be sweating. You got to be like ugly. guttural. You yeah. got to be primal pull, pull right now. Up. Pull your sleeves up. Time to get mad. Let's have his baby. I was like, who are you? A football coach? Yeah. He really like, he got down on one knee and was like, listen, I hate to have the come to Jesus talk, but the, I'm like, well, doc, we're doing good. Look, I, you can see part of his head. He said, listen, that little silver dollar size head that you're seeing that's just a piece of, he that's has like an entire t- skull yeah. <laughs> that needs to go through that small area which is her, we thought we were a lot closer than what we were right so he pretty much slammed us and let us know we, you got <laughs> it was a so, whole lot more work to do it was a little slightly defeating in that moment just because we had been working so hard so anyway he he tells me he goes i'm gonna turn your epidural off <laughs> And I go, no, right. no. Right, right. I was like, wait, no. And he's like, he goes, I got to do, he goes, it's time to have a baby. He kept saying that. Right. It's time to have a baby, Lauren. Right. It's time to have a baby. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just as I mentioned, you know, he, he said, you're, I'm afraid you're, you're, you're not knowing when to push. You're contracting and not even pushing. And then you're pushing when you're not contracting because you Like just, I wasn't pushing right. Well, could you, yeah. technically you weren't. Yeah. Because you, know, you didn't know, you, you were numb from the waist down. So that was- the epidural But was, I could feel it. That's the thing. I could feel and I could feel the pressure, but it just wasn't, it wasn't harnessed in the right way and in the exact right place. Yeah. So he got his hands in there and like really pushed down on the part, kind of like above the perineum area. He got in there and was like really putting yeah. a lot of downward pressure. And that was really helpful because then I could feel exactly where I needed to push. Let me tell you guys, when he opened her... Cavity up the way that he did. Whatever you want to call it. Whatever you want to call it. I didn't know. I'm just saying, I didn't know that the vagina was able to do to, 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 to move. do all I that. Just, I never, you know, I, I never in my life looked at one and said, let me see if I could just do What's this wild is Kevin's watching all of this, you guys. Oh, yeah. And I had this whole vision. I'm like, okay, I'm going to catch. I'm going to cut the cord. Yeah. Yeah. As soon as he put his hands in there and yanked it down, I was like, yeah, I'm not doing that. Yeah. Just, I'm going to stick. I'm going to just hold her head. In place. Yeah. <laughs> hold her head. Just I'll just support her. from the waist yeah. up at this waist point. Waist up. I'm, yeah. I'm going <laughs> to hold her hand, hold her head in place and chin down. What is it? Yeah. Uh, have your chin down. And uh, yeah, he had a little saying that he would say, chin down so, something. I yeah, can't remember yeah, yeah. it. But yeah, that's, uh, hey, fellas, um, just be open to... <laughs> The process not going how you envision it. Right. It's going to work out either way. Ladies it's going to be all good. Ladies, yeah. definitely ladies too. Yeah. So he said, I'm going to turn the epidural off. And he's like, I'm turning it off. And I was like, no. And in that moment when he turned it off, from that point forward, the pain got more intense. And I could feel exactly where to push. And it's like, I things started to change after that point. So an hour and a half goes by about around 5.25 a.m. is when Zion finally came out. So it was, it was five solid hours of pushing. Yeah. And... I would say once he came in, it was about a good 40 minutes uh, of, of her pushing. Uh, yeah. Um, and him working with you. And, uh, you know, uh, after about halfway through that time was when he said, I'm cutting the epidural off. And at that point, you just got... I think I remember kissing you and telling you, hey, babe, you're born. You're like, give me my son. That's what he said. Stop playing. Give me my son. (laughs) I was like, oh, your son? He was like, yeah. Yeah. Hey, listen. (laughs) It was pretty funny. It was funny, but it it got her in that mode to where she was able to really push it out. And she just, I remember she just looked at me. She's like, your son? I said, yeah, my son. And she just, (laughs) ah, just just goes in like the hardest push ever. It reminds me of the part from, I think it was at uh, Robin Hood with Kevin Costner when there was a woman giving birth and it was just like a very graphic scene i felt like that it was like little john his wife <laughs> yeah she the monster came out and uh next thing i know his head is out and i remember seeing a good amount of his hair just hanging out i was just like this is crazy looking yeah he had like and a I, like a like, like a, a total wig on right like a mohawk almost because you know like a not out. and i just remember saying hey babe like i can see his head T- give me your hand T- touch his head and yeah. i remember when she touched his head it just i remember seeing her face how it just lit up with so much joy and then at the same time an intensity just swept across her face yeah. and she just went back into that zone and he just within it seemed like maybe five no more than maybe no more than 10 pushes he was completely out and yeah 
And I do need to backtrack because um, my mom, so in, who was in the room with us was obviously Kevin, the doctor. My mom, she got in when I started pushing. And I was actually kind of on the fence if I wanted her to be in the room, but I'm so glad that she was because she prayed for like a solid three plus hours yeah. the entire time. And my mom is like, she's, she's pretty tuned in in that way. And she really, she prayed and I, that, that definitely helped. It definitely did. And then also our doula, Kylie was finally in the room. <laughs> she came like way later because we didn't really need her and, you know, we were well, doing we pretty good yeah. without her. But she, I will say I was nice of her to pull me to the side and say, Hey, listen, this is taking longer than it should. Right. And I really think we need to call Dr. Cap. I'm like, well, why hasn't he been called already? Right. I don't know. But uh, that was helpful should, having yeah. her perspective, though. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Other than that, I was pretty much the doodla. He was the doodla. Yeah. And by the way, ladies, um, I am open for business if yeah. uh, you need a doula, <laughs> consulting. A con- yeah, a coach. Yeah. To hold your head in the right place. I got you back. Yeah, KevinDudeLud.com. Yeah, I, I accept uh, cash. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, PayPal. Venmo, PayPal. EBT. Uh, yeah, he takes food stamps, whatever <laughs> you got to we'll, do. Right, we'll, he doesn't we'll discriminate. Well, no, we'll take it. We'll take it. <laughs> yeah, so finally Zion came out. At, oh, and by the way, Dr. Cap never turned the epidural off. Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. was all mental. He completely tricked me because when, when Zion came out, I was like, I don't know if you said it or I said it. It's like, all you had to do is turn the epidural That's off. That's what he said. He's like, yeah, I just had to threaten to turn yeah, the epidural all off. All I had to and- do is threaten to turn it off. And I was like, what? And he's, I was like, you didn't turn it off? He's like, no, I didn't turn it off. <laughs> so that was all mental. Isn't that wild, you guys? Just yeah. the power of the mind? Because I, I swore I started feeling more pain. And I felt like I was on a deadline then to get him out because I figured it was going to be so much more painful the right. longer it went. Right. Talk about so, the placebo effect. So yeah, exactly. The, the reverse of it. The placenta effect. Placenta effect. So yes. Zion finally came out and we had a whole nother adventure that started at that point because he wasn't breathing. Yeah. So Zion had uh, uh, aspirated meconium in the womb. So because he was in the birth canal for so long, that is more prone to happen. And then also the longer you're pregnant, there's more of a chance for that happening, but it can happen with any yeah. baby. Really. It's, it's, it's say it's, it's more common, uh, with, I don't know how to word this right at the moment, but usually high, high risk. Anyone that's around age 37 or older, I believe yeah. they say it's, it's considered high risk and advanced meconium, maternal age. Yeah. Meconium is, so there's a few things because he, he was in the birth canal for so long, me being over 35. And then also the fact that I was so past my due date, it just had increased the chance of that. That, and I believe from what I had talked about with, with him and then also oh, with and the midwife, the, side the stress, the side attack. Or, yeah, I mean, the, the Pitocin. The, the stress of the Pitocin and the, just what was going on with that whole process really, really stressed him out right. to the point where he just pooped himself he pooped in and breathed it in. Yeah, yeah, on the way out. So. so so that happened. And But what was cool is the whole NICU team was there and ready in the room. And he didn't have to be taken off to the NICU. They were there and... Within five minutes, he was breathing fine. His heart rate was still good. He was still getting oxygen, but it was just, it wasn't yeah. it was, the way it that, was, it was very scary. It was though. more like seven minutes. I mean, I mean, like I said, talk about having a specific vision for how you intend things to go and just going completely opposite. I mean, I, you know, they talk about meconium aspiration when you're taking classes, but you just, I think when you're in that mode, you're, you're just thinking of what you need to know, what you think is going to affect you. You don't think that meconium and all these other things are going to be a factor, so you don't really yeah. take notes on that. And they don't really dive into it as much either. So when it happens, and plus you don't really pay attention to those parts. No, you're like, oh, it's not yeah, going to happen. No, to me. it's not going to happen. <laughs> so when it happened, and he, they, you know, he, they, he, Doctor Cat pulls him, pulls him out, and literally puts her on his chest. It's, puts him on my chest. Pu- pu- yeah, puts him on her <laughs> chest. Yeah, and literally at the. It seemed like within like. A couple seconds, he was snatched off. The cord was already cut, and now he's laying on on, on the, the on baby the warmer. And they're telling me, Kevin, we need you to go talk to him. Go talk to your son because he wasn't responding. And so all I could do is go over there and just be present, keep talking to him. They're literally, I mean, they're picking up his arm. It's dropping like rocks. His leg dropping like rocks. I, it's just such an intense moment. I start realizing there's like 20 nurses in the room all of a sudden. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't mean, know if it was 20. It was a lot of it people. Was, it, was, it was just... It the was room was amount. packed. It was packed. I mean, it was... It went from just our little crew to, like, it yeah, was packed with people. Yeah. And so he's just really not responsive at all. Before I knew it, you would you would think time would go by really slow, but it was actually going by really fast. Yeah, Before I it knew did. it, I looked up on the machine, and it was reading four minutes and 50 seconds going on five, and he still wasn't 
responsive. They took a little, like, like a straw and sucked the meconium out of his lungs. Uh, from there, he started kind of coming to life. I just remember Lauren being in the room, and she's obviously a little out of it. She just pushed him out and everything, and she's just wondering why. And he's I had second degree tears, so I was getting stitched while this was happening. And, oh, yeah. and you know, I he was across the room, and I couldn't even hear him cry. So I'm going. Well, just, it was very surreal for yeah. Kevin and I. I mean, to go through five days. And to then have Zion come out totally limp. Well, 10 months, really. Yeah, 10 months going through this whole experience with all the preparation and then to have him not even breathing. I mean, it was like, I know both Kevin and I, there was a moment where we thought like, this might all be in a result of maybe yeah. he, he would, he's going to die or something. And yeah. it was, it was so wild, but, Intense. but it was weird because at that time I actually remember feeling for me, at least, I don't think it felt like this for Kevin, but I actually had quite a piece I felt at peace. I felt like God had me. Like I felt like it was going to be okay. There was some odd peace that I had about it. But at the same time, I wasn't there seeing it the way Kevin was. So he was over at the baby warmer and he was able to witness everything that yeah, was happening. I wasn't thinking about God or anything in that right. moment. It was just mostly like, okay, I don't know how this is going to go, but I need you to breathe. I need you to wake up. Yeah. Um, and then I'm thinking like, is this like, this can't be. I, I don't want an out, you know, this is, right. this is, I went and too I, far and, and yeah, I went too far and I'm thinking, I'm like, I guess I could do this again, but I'm looking back at Lauren and she's just like, like, like she said, Cap was stitching her up and I'm looking around the room and there's a guy with the cord and he's like doing some kind of blood sampling with it. And I'm, I'm making sure the door's not opening and closing. I mean, I went into a whole security <laughs> matrix mode. mode. I'm just making sure that, Hey, who's in here? What's going on? And, yeah. but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm not being combative. I'm not trying to start a fight. I'm not pointing fingers or getting frustrated. You can't, you know, it's not going to help the situation. All you could do is just be calm, collected. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that a man is measured by how he responds in every situation that he's in. In that situation, you can't punk out. You just got to stick with the process and uh, really be there. And I wanted to check on Lauren. I, I remember finding myself starting to walk back and check on her after a few minutes. Like, nope, the doctor's on her. She's yeah. fine. Yeah. Stick with my son. So I stayed with them. I think it was probably like five nurses that were surrounding the whole NICU area. And I just kept talking to him after. He starts kind of crying a little bit after they suck some Which is uh, the most beautiful sound. Yeah, because she could hear him crying. So she heard him so... You know, Dr. Cap walks over and he's standing next to me. And I just remember just, hey, buddy, Zion, wake up. This is your father. All of a sudden, his eyes shoot open directly at me. Yeah. And we just lock eyes for a good few seconds. And it was, he just kind of looked at me like, hey, I'm okay, daddy. It's okay. It was so powerful. And yeah, powerful moment. We connected right away. And it's not like, it's not like he opened his eyes and looked over and found me. I mean, we're talking six people standing around in a circle and he just directly at me. Supernatural moment. Yeah. And Cap was like, hey, he's fine. He's good. I told you. And uh, <laughs> yeah, like like it's no big deal. Yeah. Happens every day. And he yeah. walks back over to Lauren and continues working with her. And <laughs> at this point, I'm like, what? Well, the fight's still not over. Yes, he's breathing, but he's, you know, it's it's been like seven minutes at this point where he's not breathing on his own. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm asking the nurse, hey, is he going to be long-term? Is he going to have a, a birth defect from this? Is right. he going to have some sort of, you know, I don't want to use the wrong word, but is, yeah. is he going to be a special kid right. after this? You yeah. know, because his left arm wasn't quite working properly at the moment. Like he, so they said, they, they assured everything's going to be okay. It's it's normal and it's all good. And yeah. turned out that everything was fine. And he's he's true warrior. I mean, that kid... Some babies right. have to go into the queue and it just ends up being a longer process. Some babies don't even make it out of this. So right, for right. him to fight through it, it tells me he's a true warrior. He oh, is. Just, his name is Zion. He, he lives up to the name already. Just, Zion just the lion. Coming out of coming out of the womb, <laughs> living up to the name. So, yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. So that that's that's the that's our birth journey, and um, he has been such a joy these last few months, three and a half months now. And he, oh, by the way, he was nine pounds, three ounces when I finally pushed him out. No yes. C-section needed, but we were very close to having to do a C-section. Yeah. And I think any other, any other, for sure, any other doctor. Yeah. Um, Most I, doctors would have been like, all right, we're done. We're doing yeah, this at it, this point. Yeah. But he's just one of those. He has a very, very low C-section rate. You know, he knew that that's what we wanted and that's what he wanted. So we just yeah. pushed through. And you did your thing too, baby. You know, it's, it's, uh. The amount of strength that you displayed in that room is how it ended up being the way that it went in terms of going natural. Um, you know, neither of us could punk out in a situation. We just had yeah. to be there. We had to stick with it and and see it through. And uh, just an amazing, amazing process. I have so much, I've said it before, I'll say it again, a tremendous amount of respect for women, a tremendous amount of respect for you as a mother of my child and just being in that, in the I trenches child. with you and uh, our child, yes. Yeah, <laughs> 
But uh, <laughs> our child, yes. our child, our child. But uh, ask my vagina. I'll ask it. I'll ask it. Who's in it? Who's is it? But nevertheless, I, just you're tremendously. You're, you're you're a strong woman. I like yes. I said. I um I know that. I don't know, but I just don't believe that I could have pulled that off myself if I were a woman. I'd be a lousy woman. I'll tell you Aww. right now. I'd be the worst woman in the world. Are you kidding me? Well, babe, you you were definitely my champion in that hospital room, and you didn't leave for the whole time except just coming home and taking a shower and coming back. Pretty much. And, yeah. you know, you slept there every night and were my doodla. Right. And I, I mean, I also think that me getting through those five days and pushing him out, a lot of that was because you helped me too. Yeah. So... So, it, it took a, 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 a team effort. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, you tell me all these things. I think we should just turn the, turn the, turn the radio off. And, uh, <laughs> Let's go a, make out. Yeah, yeah. Have a deeper conversation. <laughs> but, uh, but there's more I want to share with you guys. So just some, some takeaway points. What helped us get through it, there were a lot of things. But one is just the having the mindset that your body can do anything. and You can get through this. For me, I just wanted... I, Look, it wasn't the way that I wanted it to go from the fact that we weren't having a home birth. We had to do a hospital thing. But I did everything I could to make that the most comfortable experience. And I had these mindset, like like affirmation cards. I put them all over the hospital. I just wanted it to look as much like my house because actually I had them all over my house because I thought I was going to do a home water birth. So I just took them to the hospital and put them all, all over the place, just taped them up on the walls. And, you know, I, I brought a ton of food to the hospital. I mean, we had like a cooler in there with food and with coconut water and it had watermelon, which was everything. Oh, so good. And I just, I, I did whatever, whatever I needed to do. Cause I know my body. I know the things that help give me strength. I knew that the hospital food was not going to sustain me. I knew that I would just, you know, putter out with energy if I was just eating the crap that they had. And it's a good hospital. They had better food than most hospitals, but hospital food is bad. Let's just be honest. It's yeah. not healing real food. So Scripps and Sanitas, by the way, great facility. Yeah. Scripps and Sanitas was fantastic. Yeah, if you're trying to have went. more of like a natural birth as natural as you can do in the hospital, which is completely unnatural, but <laughs> they 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 get it there. They'll dim the lights for you. They'll, 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 uh, they'll do whatever's necessary. They're to very understanding. They yeah. ask, you know, what's your birth plan? And they have you put it up on the, on the, right. uh, on the wall or they write it out for you. They just want to know the specifics of what you're okay with and what you're not okay with. Um, and I'll share a little bit about our birth plan too, um, at the end, but other things that I did that we did to help create more of a natural hospital experience. So again, we had a doula. Now, what is a doula? A doula is for the mom. The doula is support for the mom and for the, for the dad too. It's just support for the, for the, um, soon to be parents. They don't come in with as much of a medical kind of perspective, they're there just as support for you, for what you need, like emotional support. And I highly recommend that if you're going to have a hospital birth and you're working with uh, an OB, I think it's a really great thing to bring in. And um, Especially your first, your first. Yeah, especially your first. You don't know what you don't know. And they can sort of be that caveat to remind you, hey, the hospital's in service of you. I, I think a lot yeah. of times we... Uh, we get it confused when we go to these facilities. And like think, you have to behave yeah, we and think play that, by their rules. Right. Yeah, they're not in charge. You're in charge. And, right, and the exactly. Doulas, they can sort of help remind you of that. I mean, I remember one of the, I think the best advice she said, I believe it was her. It might have been the midwife, but I'm pretty sure it was, it was Kylie. She, she said that instead of asking, may I go to the bathroom, just say, hey, could you help me go to the bathroom? Right, you know, how you word things. Shifting yeah. it to empower yourself and know that you're the one that's in charge. I think that was Kylie. It, yeah, but it's a huge thing. Ky- so Kylie, us, Kylie Shellstrom was our doula. She's shout yeah. out to Kylie. She's yeah, awesome. she's she, she's awesome. But I, I think a lot of us just get duped in that we we trick ourselves out of the power that we have because we're allowing another entity to help us out. Or They're still human. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but yeah, you just know that you are in charge. They, they the hospital. They're there to service you. Yes. Uh, obviously, they have their recommendations, but at the end of the day, it's up to you. You to make decide. the decision. Yeah, it's up to you to decide what you want. Yes. And how it and how it's applied. Also, music was big. We had a, a speaker there and just played. I had a, a huge playlist, and I actually just played the music that I had during acupuncture. Yeah, so Maring Higa, shout out to Maring. I actually had her as a previous podcast uh, guest, but I saw her for a lot of acupuncture throughout my pregnancy. But she had music that was like wind instruments, and I just played that literally for five days on repeat. <laughs> so... 
And then the random uh, Isley brothers that came on. We had to take that off. That had to, yeah. um, we also <laughs> had a, a sound machine going too. That really helped me to tune out a lot of the sounds of the hospital. It wasn't as many of the beeping and the different conversations out in the hallway. It just really helped yeah. to sound a lot more like home. So we put that on a lot. I wouldn't recommend the sound machine during pushing. No, during pushing. Yeah, yeah Doctor Cap didn't like it. So we yeah. turned it off. Well, for good reason. Yeah, of course. Just, yeah. Earplugs were huge. I highly recommend earplugs. That helped me a lot to, to sleep during the night. Essential oils, unfortunately, there, there was a no essential oils policy at that hospital, but if you can bring them, go for it. Flowers were great. Um, a friend brought flowers. It just helped to make the room look more like a home because hospitals just have such a, just a cold, like sterile feeling to them that don't feel very comfortable. Um, bring your own toiletries, you know, a robe, whatever, slippers, just is not, anything you can do to feel very comfortable. That helped a lot. So, um, and then our birth, our birth plan, it's so funny because it's so not like the way it was. It was like, no, I don't want to be induced. No, I don't want an epidural. Uh, no, I don't want, uh, you to ask my pain rating. Like I just, it's like I had all these things and it went nothing like that, but just be, be flexible. And you know, it's not about you. It's about really the baby and how the baby wants to experience exactly yeah, the baby's really in charge really yeah, at the end of the it's day. a partnership you're working together to yeah. to have the the birth happen so and the doctors know what they're doing i think there's just it's a leap of faith as with everything with having a baby you realize you're not in control you you control what you can and at the end of the day it's going to happen the way that it's meant to happen and just having complete love and acceptance for yourself being a naturopathic doctor it's like i had the way that I wanted it to go, but I made, I made a promise to myself that I would, I would shame myself in no way. There'd be no shame with however it went. If I had to do a C-section, if I got the epidural, I just chose that there would be no shame about it. And that's very important. So I just invite you guys to have complete forgiveness and just let go of any shame that you may feel about how it's supposed to go. And, and also too, I mean, I'll share more about this in future podcasts, but breastfeeding was a big whole thing for me. I know I, I ended up not really being able to breastfeed the way that I imagined that it would go. And, um, I'll probably leave that for another episode, but I'll just say other moms are amazing because they ended up being milk donors for Zion. So what's your biggest takeaway from, from all this? In what way? Uh, as in like, what, what did you learn? I suppose. What was the biggest like learning thing, or uh, was there an aha or from the hospital or just, just, just pregnant? the whole the whole pro- anything the whole process? Yeah, um, I think for me the biggest takeaway is probably the importance of community. I, being pregnant and having a child, and have, after having a child, it just made me realize the importance of being connected to other women to get through it because it is a big challenge. So. I, before I would, I would just play on my own in a lot of, a lot of ways. It was like an Island a bit. I would have friends, but it wasn't intimately connected to other women in the way that it is now. So that, that I didn't expect. And that has been life changing for me. Like, I feel very lucky that I am now in a tribe of moms, but it's for good reason because being a mom is really challenging. So having other moms to go through it with you and, and just to have them calm your nerves about just being pregnant and all of it's normal and that you're going to get through it and all of that, that was, that was probably my biggest takeaway. And also too, that I can be helpful to other moms too. And hopefully some of this, I don't know how this will be helpful, but hopefully it will be. (laughs) What would you do differently if you were to do that again? Um... You know, I don't think I would do anything differently because I feel like all of it is exactly that it was designed to be. I would say that if I, if I chose to do a home birth again, I would probably lie about when my last period was <laughs> <laughs> to give myself some extra time. For sure. Uh, yeah, the whole thing's Yeah, it's bogus. BSA. It's like, come on, unless you have sex once a month. There's no way. How do you know, know exactly yeah, when it was? That's the only way. Yeah. We didn't know exactly. Yeah, so. it was just yeah. No way. No way. And my cycles were were not always regular. The, as regular. Like sometimes I had longer cycles. So yeah. But that's our birth story. Any uh like Good advice job, for uh for women or anything? Like that? No, I mean I think advice. Everything I've shared. Just 
yeah, just roll with it and be open to learning and just know that you can learn all the things and you just always need to surrender it because you're not in control. You're not consciously forming the heart of the baby. You're not consciously forming the lungs. You're not consciously forming their brain. It's happening without your control and birth happens in the exact same way. So I would say, take a slice of some humble pie and realize that you are not in control. There's a higher power that is orchestrating this and that, you know, he's got you, you're going to be fine. So just trusting it, letting go of some of the anxiety and stress and just know you're on a roller coaster and you're going to be good. It's yeah. going to work out and, and it's going to create more strength through the process. So I feel like a completely different person after having a kid. It's pretty cool. I, I went and got a pedicure the other day and, and she was cutting out this ingrown toenail. It was so painful. And I was like, if I can burn Zion, I can do this. So now I get to say that kind of stuff. It's yeah. pretty cool. Well, I want to shout out to the guys out there. Any guy that is about to be a new father, all you can really do is just support. I yeah. think I said it earlier. Whatever you can do to be there for her, ask her, hey, you know, how can I support you best? Go to the classes. You know, and that's I, it huge, wasn't Kevin, really saying that. Yeah, he's, I, I, he's not a, he's not a class not, guy. And I wasn't going to go, but I was like, you know what, all right. If it's going to create peace, because, fellas, if you already know, if you're true, you, you just want peace. Yeah. yeah. You know, and so it, if that was what created peace for me to go to classes, fine. And I'm glad that I did because it was very empowering. Everyone's different. Every every Everyone's different. Everyone can handle different things. Uh, it's, let's just be honest. This is a very, I keep saying intense, but it's it, it gets... It gets epic in there. It's life and death in there. In that epic hospital. like you. Yeah, epic just like me. And it gets very, very, <laughs> just very gory. It gets just, it just, there's blood. It is what it is, you know. And not everyone can handle blood. You not know? like so, the movies. Yeah, but then they warn you in the hospital before. They say, hey, guys, if you're queasy, if you're, if you're the type that gets queasy when you see bodily fluids, yeah. it's probably best if you lay down or you just go in another room. And that's fine, but... It, it, you can support in however way you there's, can. Yeah. yeah. Like I said, hold, you know, pressure points. There's certain areas that you can do touch, that you can touch that can help alleviate pain. You know, yeah. whatever you can do, just just be as present as you can. It's with not your, all the women. There, it's, it is a, yeah. a team effort, and you guys really do provide a lot more than what you might think that you do. Absolutely. So, don't punk yeah. out, fellas. Don't, don't punk, punk out. <laughs> you don't want your girl looking at you sideways because you didn't step up and help her out when she was popping your baby out so he's just cocky because he did such a good job no, in the I'm, keeping I'm just it real. kidding i'm keeping it i am a little cocky a little but cocky. but uh <laughs> it's more confidence than cockiness let's just get that right okay but, uh, okay but but definitely just be there for her as best as you can yeah that's all i can say amen and don't take anything personal that she says to you i mean she it's didn't say true. anything she didn't say anything nuts i was to me. oddly nice yeah she was i she don't was, know how i was i was just like angel. But you just your pregnancy was different a lot of women yeah. complain about being nauseous the whole time or this or that and you're you were just happy and I know. made me nervous because i was like how come you <laughs> just can't you? be like this when you're not pregnant <laughs> oh. I, gotta, I gotta keep you pregnant <laughs> the whole time for, for normalcy around here gosh <laughs> So, uh, <laughs> no, but, but don't take anything personal because nothing is personal for agreements. Don't take anything personal. It's such a, so true. Yeah. So true. And you also too, like anything that you say during the whole experience of having a baby, it's just let that go out the window. Cause it's, it doesn't, it's not their, it's not a woman's natural state. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And preparation, as you know, is key to success, but, uh, Sometimes, no matter how much you prepare, it doesn't mean anything. Yeah. You know, you, clearly, you guys can tell we were very prepared. I mean, the house was baby; it was babyfied. It was yeah. ready. We were ready to have the baby at the house. The water hose was. I did the <laughs> measurements from the water heater to the living room for the water hose and the whole birth kit. Oh, the whole birth ready. everything. I yeah. mean, you know, so you can just such as life. You can prepare and do all these things all you want, but. God's in control. Like my mom says, you make plans, God laughs. Yeah, he's in control. The creator's for sure in control. Yeah. Uh, the universe, whatever. I'm going to say God because that's really what it all comes down to at the end of the day. Yeah. He, he's in control. Definitely just roll with it. Yeah. Roll with it, roll with it, roll with it. That's all I can say. Yeah, trust that process. You have that strength within you. This has been happening for a very long time. And... Um, it's yeah. a beautiful thing. Thousands of years. Thousands of years. Just so. thousands. You're special, it. but you're not that <laughs> special. Okay, everyone, it's, it's, it's going to happen.
I think that was a uh, we got into it a couple times probably because I was just so nonchalant like whatever it's a baby it's gonna oh come. yeah it's just gonna come out oh that was yeah guys don't don't downplay the intensity of it for a woman that's very that's very frustrating it's the last thing we're gonna say because we're letting this drag on too long downplaying the intensity but, I'm just saying. but like well you'll be fine you'll be fine like don't say it to a woman you'll be fine it's more of like well what are your fears all right let's talk about it like be more I got a question hands on what is your question were you fine. That was fine. Yeah, see, oh, see? All right. There you go. This show is done. Mm-hmm. Thanks for listening, guys. That's our birth story. Ciao. Peace. That wasn't Kevin. That was still me. <laughs> okay, bye. I hope you enjoyed this episode of Dr. Low Radio. Thank you so much for joining us. And for more after the show, you can head over to drlowshow.com where you can find the show notes. Be sure to subscribe to the show and share with all your friends. And please head over to iTunes and leave the show a five-star review and leave a comment. I read each and every one and they warm my heart. Thank you so much again for joining us. I promise to keep bringing you fun, inspiring, empowering content. Until next time, lots of love and I'll talk to you soon.